Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. On March 9, 2015, Representative Mark Lowry, Republican from Maumelle, introduced a bill into the Arkansas House of Representatives, HB 1774, an act concerning the recording of a conversation and for other purposes. Mr. Lowry's bill is short and to the point, and it reads as follows. It is unlawful for a person to knowingly intercept a wire communication, landline communication, oral communication, telephonic communication, or wireless communication, and record or possess a recording of the communication if the person is, one, not a party to the communication, or one of the parties to the communication has not given prior consent to the interception and the recording, or two, in an employment relationship with another party to the communication, and all parties to the communication have not given prior consent to the interception and recording. That's the bill. Did you get that last part? In any type of employment relationship, all parties to the conversation have to give prior consent to release of written communications or oral recordings. Do you have an employer or a fellow employee who's harassing you in the workplace? You want to send that lewd email to a reporter doing a story on sexual harassment in the workplace? Well, you'd better have the sender's permission in advance of them, even sending you the said email. Otherwise, you've just committed a crime under this law. And the reporter who just received the email would be guilty as well for being in possession of this unlawfully obtained email. Or let's say you work for a company that doesn't follow the laws on correctly disposal of hazardous waste, and your boss tells you to break the law. Well, under this law, you wouldn't be able to surreptitiously record your employer giving you the instructions without becoming a criminal in the process. That is, unless you have your employer's prior consent to your recording him giving you this legal inst illegal instruction. That's going to be easy to do, right? Right? Well, when the good folks at Last Chance for Animals saw this bill filed in the Arkansas legislature, they mobilized. You see, they've been fighting these types of laws for quite a while. They're often referred to as ag-gag laws, and one of their house lawyers is always on the lookout for bills being introduced to limit the ability of whistleblowers to get hard evidence they need to stop some of the most egregious acts of abuse and endangerment of animals. Through the actions of Last Chance for Animals, they exposed this bill to a wider audience and started making waves. So many waves, in fact, that even though HB 1774 had the lobbying support of Walmart and Tyson Foods behind it, the bill never got out of committee and has died in the 90th General Assembly in the state of Arkansas. One of those people at Last Chance for Animals is my guest, Nina Hoffman. Nina, welcome to Straight Talk. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, but I'm happy to talk to you. I think you're doing a great thing out there. You know, and it must be hard in Arkansas. I can only imagine. Well, it is right at the moment, anyway. <laughs> but you're doing a lot of good stuff. Well, thank you. Um, you know, we're really happy about that Arkansas bill because it ended up bailing in committee. So, um, yeah, we're we're celebrating that a little bit right now. <laughs> well, you've, you've done a really good job. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, the thing with that is um, there's so many laws coming out called ag-gag laws that try and block 
groups like LCA from going in and investigating cruelty because usually what happens is one of our investigators goes um, undercover as a worker and then um, secretly tapes what they see and that's how they're able to um, reveal a lot of the abuse that goes on at factory farms and, and other um, industrial facilities. And so there are a lot of ag-gag bills coming out right now, agricultural gag bills um, that prevent taping. And so we're always on the lookout for those and this particular bill wasn't really intended to be an ag-gag, but it would still have that effect on us. And um, we have a history of investigations in Arkansas. We um, investigated C.C. Baird, a bee dealer who bought stolen dogs and would sell them to research labs. And while they were at his kennel, you know, they were basically starved and neglected and beaten and all these awful things. So, um, you know, one of our investigators got a job there and we were able to collect all this evidence and shut that down and um, you know with bills like HB 1774 you can't do that anymore because it, all of a sudden it's illegal so um, you know that's kind of why we went after it and then um, yeah you know when you get things that early because it was still in committee it, it's easier you know and they weren't expecting any attention so that helped. <laughs> yeah just kind of a, as a clarification yeah. in Arkansas there, Arkansas is what they call a, a one-side recording state, uh -huh. or only one one party of the recording needs to give permission. Right. right. This bill would have would have made it in employment situations. Mm -hmm where both sides had to agree. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes, that's what happened, and um, it was broadly. Um, referring to employment, like any employment circumstance, then as soon as ABC um, interviewed Lowry about it, um, he called the reporter right before the interview aired, actually, and told her about this amendment that would basically um, narrow the scope so that it only now applied in instances of employee review. So if an employer and employee are in a review talking about their progress, possible promotions, and things like that, that's the only time it would apply. He never actually um, added the amendment. He talked about it. He called the news and told them about it, but um, from what we've seen, it, it was never actually added. So that was for show, apparently. And then um, ultimately the bill failed in committee anyway. So it it is dead, from my understanding. How did you uh, hear about this bill in the, in the first place? Was it somebody in Arkansas that alerted you to it? Or? Um, no, we actually have legal counsel who scans for these bills because we're always on the lookout for the ag-gag bills. And so she has some keywords that she uses, and they, they caught it as um, kind of an anti-whistleblower bill. Um, I don't know the exact keywords that she uses, but uh, whatever they are, they catch a lot of things even that don't relate to agriculture. And as soon as she saw it, she um, was pretty alarmed, you know, because of the work that we've done in Arkansas especially, but also because employers in Arkansas like Walmart and Tyson Foods, you know, those are the biggest non-government employers, you know, they don't have the greatest history of treating their employees so well. So, um, you know, to take away employees' rights to record things that happen there it it could hurt a lot of a lot of working people. So, um, you know, there's a whole element that has nothing to do with animals that um, you know, obviously we still care about. You know, we don't want people to lose their freedoms. We want whistleblowers to be able to record things that are happening to them, like discrimination or harassment, and to be able to get evidence of that. So, you know, it was just a bad bill all the way around, as far as we could tell. <laughs> 
It sounds like it. Tell me a little bit about the organization you work for. Yeah, Last Chance for Animals has been around for um, 30 years now, and we were founded by Chris DeRose, who was one of the original animal activists. You know, 30 years ago, animal rights wasn't even a term that people had heard of, but he was out there protesting vivisection, which is invasive um, testing on animals. And he went to UCLA and actually broke into their brain research lab just to take pictures of what they were doing to cats. And they had um, electrodes screwed to their brains and all sorts of horrible things that they would never admit. Um, you know, they would see protesters and, you know, one of the scientists would come out, you know, with some healthy looking bunny or something saying, see, look, our animals are treated so well and basically lying about what they did. So, you know, Chris knew what was going on, and he went in there and documented it. And, um, you know, that became his main issue for a really long time. But then um, we expanded to cover other forms of abuse, um, puppy mills, uh, bee dealers like C.C. Baird, uh, who sell random dogs, they say a lot of them are stolen, um, often to medical research. Um, Fur farms, um, you know, at this point, we've been all over the globe um, investigating usually systematic cruelty that um, is industrialized in some way. You know, we don't go after um, people who abuse their dogs at home necessarily. Um, we're not really a rescue group, but we go and uncover um, the, the larger scale abuse that happens and then um, try and expose it and ultimately try and change the laws and the policies that allow that suffering to happen. And you'd be amazed at what happens to animals that is fully legal. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking, actually. One of the pushbacks that you've gotten from this kind of work are the different ag-gag bills that have come up. I, I remember one, I believe it was in California where you're located, mm -hmm. where someone was recording a slaughterhouse activity. And didn't that result in... That... Um, I think you're probably referring to the case where there was some disease that came out when they recalled all that meat... I'm not sure exactly which case you're talking about, but we... I remember something about downer cows. Um, yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was um, tied to a big recall of beef, which definitely affected the industry. Um, and, I mean, all of these investigations that we're doing and other groups are doing are showing some really extreme things that agriculture just doesn't really want people to know happened. Um, like the pigs, for instance, um, pigs at factory farms are kept in gestation crates so they can't even turn around. I mean, they're just kind of standing still, the mother pigs, and then they're moved to gestation crates, which aren't that much bigger. Basically, they can just lay down and that's it. And they you know, end up like crushing their own piglets because their movements are so restricted they can't even help it. Um, you know, the dead piglets are gutted and fed to the mother. I mean, some really, really gnarly things happen. And, um, I mean, it's natural that they don't want that exposed, but these are things that people do need to know about. Um, some things are just more important than, than having cheap meat. Yeah, it seems like instead of, instead of actually changing their practices, they just want to make it harder for anyone to know what they do. That's exactly what they're doing. And in some states, like Utah, you can't even take a photo from outside of a factory farm. Um, you know, some activists have been arrested for, you know, they claim just taking pictures by the side of the road. And, um, you know, they're really, really cracking down. And, you know, if their number one concern is their profit over the welfare of animals, then obviously, of course, they're going to crack down. 
because any improvements in animal welfare are probably going to cost them money, and so they're going to fight that. Yeah, it's all, it all goes against their bottom line, and that's all they care about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Have, have any of these laws been challenged in courts, and how's that come? Uh, yeah, some of them have. Um, in Idaho right now, um, they have a pretty bad ad gag law that, that is being challenged. Um, other laws have been overturned. A lot of states have tried to pass um, ad gag bills, and they failed, thankfully. Um, and then there are a lot of them that are pending right now. Um, some of them um, now aren't really being labeled ag gag. Sometimes they'll remove the agriculture language to try and eliminate that aspect, even though the ultimate goal of the bill is to stop people from investigating factory farms. So um, it's not always obvious. You can't always tell what's an ag gag bill and, and what isn't at first sight, which is why you know we actually have a lawyer scouting out these things and checking because it's, it's very hard for the average person to do. And a lot of these bills will just sort of slip by and you'll never even know that they existed. Like this bill in Arkansas, um, it didn't have any media attention. I don't know that it would have gotten any, but uh, most people who I talked to had not heard of it. And then as soon as there was public outcry, obviously... Um, there was change and the bill didn't pass, but I think that consumers and the public in general are just left unaware most of the time of what happens, especially in state politics. You know, you hear a lot more about what happens in, um, you know, in, in Washington than you do at the state level. Exactly, and that's what, one reason that really surprised me reading about this on your blog, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I I live in Arkansas and I hadn't even heard of it. Right, right, and you know there are laws in California that I have no idea exist. Also, it's impossible to keep up with them all. They they pass a lot of bills, they introduce a lot of bills, and a lot of things get passed, and a lot of things get passed attached to something else that so you don't even really understand what it was about in the first place. I mean. You know, it, it's very difficult. If you're not an attorney, or even if you are an attorney, it's extremely difficult to wade through all the legislation and pick out the, the bad ones. Yeah, even if you're an attorney, it's, it's hard to read the, the legalese and decide what's good and what's bad when you go researching some of these bills. Exactly, exactly. Which kind of brings me to another thing I want to ask you about. What, what would you say you've learned in your activism in regard to these bills that can be transferred to somebody else in their fight against some of the, the other social reforms that the right's trying to push? Um, you know, I think what I've learned is that you can actually accomplish a lot by speaking out. You can't change every bill through activism, but you can accomplish more than I think a lot of people realize because most people don't speak out. You know, either they don't know that these things are happening or they they figure that they can't change anything. But um, once you do bring attention to things, you, you can enact change in many cases. So I think it's really important for people to stay aware and to stay involved. You know, I sign every petition that comes my way if I believe in the cause. Because to me, it's such a simple thing to do, but it can make a difference. Sending an email, sending a letter, making a phone call, those little things, you know, especially in local government, those things can make a difference. Excellent. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about your about your website, LadyFreeThinker.com. Right. That is my progressive voice to the world. Um, I cover human rights, animal rights, and, you know, it, it's really a, a practical blog more than anything else, sort of anti-mythology, anti-rhetoric, 
this is what's wrong and right, you know, simple things, pe people should be treated well, animals should be treated well. Um, so, you know, it's fairly broad covering economic issues and environmental issues, but it's progressive. More than anything else, it's progressive because those are my beliefs. It's definitely progressive, but it's also, from what I see, it's all-encompassing. I mean, you, you've got tab, you got tabs for social justice, animal rights, environment, health, science, politics. Right. You know, you know it, it's funny. I just... I just write about whatever topic grabs me that day. I'll see an article, and if something just really picks my interest, then that's what I'm going to write about. So, um, you know, it's, it's just really <laughs> straight from my head. Well, is this something that you update very often? Or? Um, yeah, um, about twice a week. Yeah, once or twice a week. And then I send a newsletter out um, every couple of weeks that goes over the latest blog posts. And how, how would somebody go about subscribing to your newsletter? Well, you just go to ladyfreethinker.com, and there's a sign-up form right on the side. Anywhere else that people can, can catch what you're doing? Um, yeah, well, Last Chance for Animals is very active on Facebook, so definitely look us up there. Um, as Lady Freethinker, I'm very active on Twitter, and I love engaging with people about politics and um, just social issues in general, so um, I definitely welcome people who are politically minded to follow me. It's at Lady Freethinker. All right. Thank you very much. Before I, I would let you go here, I want to thank you very much for, for talking with well, me. Well, thank you. I, I'm really happy that you reached out to me, and I'm thrilled that there is a, a liberal voice in Arkansas out there making podcasts. Well, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one, but I know I'm not. <laughs> Well, I thank you once again for talking with me, and I, I hope that possibly we can speak again in the future. Absolutely. I would love to. It was great talking to you. And I want to thank you for listening. For Straight Talk, I'm Scott Wyatt. Have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>